Hello, hello, hello again. Welcome to the first of multiple bonuses heading your way on our special 12 Days of Christmas Horrors here on the Nasty Pasty Podcast. So today, you're getting a short interview with our favourite Scottish film buff, Callum Waddle, who's still away in the East listening to K-pop and teaching bedazzled students. I'd managed to snatch a quick chat with him about slasher films and also the slasher classics collection range from 88 Films. So, without further ado, here he is, and enjoy! Right, so uh, welcome to Nasty Pasty Podcast again, uh, Callum. Uh, thank you very much for your last interview you did with us on the, the Cannibals. That was uh, hugely enjoyable to uh, to speak to you about. And yeah, yeah, very cool. And uh, it was it was good to discuss that. And um, hopefully we'll have some, some Cannibal-related surprises coming from 88 Films in, uh, in 2018. Oh, really? Oh, that's good news. Oh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> Well, I said, I said, I said. Hopefully, I'm not, I'm not promising anything. But, oh, uh, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was a confirmation. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah. never mind. Um, right. So, about slasher films. So, what, what first attracted you to slasher films? Like, I assume you, you saw your first one when you were a teenager, like most of us did. Actually, <clears throat> actually, this is really terrible. But I saw Happy Birthday to Me when I was four years old. Um, four. I mean, I mean, it's that. That's really terrible, isn't it? I saw it on videotape. <laughs> it was it was just one of these weird things <clears throat> my uh my I, my mum didn't really censor me from from watching stuff so my uh my older sister rented happy birthday to me mm. she was sort of getting into the slasher films um a little bit you know um after the fact so i remember it was, it was such a weird film obviously to see when you're four years old isn't it so yeah. i remember watching it um with with horror and um i remember really enjoying it so the very first slasher film I saw was Happy Birthday to Me back when I was four. Yeah. <coughs> um, what, what a great one to I start with. It's, it's a cool movie, isn't it? And by I, an old pro in, in J. Lee Thompson, yeah. So I really, I really liked the film. And then I remember, I remember afterwards, uh, goodness, um, seeing seen a few slasher films. Um, let me see now. Definitely... Uh, the original Friday the Thirteenth, mm. um, but then I, I, I saw that again when I was about maybe ten, mm. um, and I remember I remember at that point they had all been released on videotape, so I was able to kind of go and rent, you know, Friday the Thirteenth one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Um, so that that was that was pretty cool, you know, being being ten years old and being able to watch the entire series. Mm. So I sort I sort was was getting to see these films at a very young and impressionable age, and you know I. I these are films that are really for young people, mm. and I mean, not all of them. I mean, you know, you, you probably don't want to show a four-year-old or or even a ten-year-old something that's that's like Maniac or Nightmares and Damaged Brain, or mm. you know, don't answer the phone or don't go in the house. You know, the sort of sleazier, sort of seedy, yeah. sort of psychosexual side of things. Mm. Um, but I remember even seeing like like Psycho two and three when I was maybe eight. Mm. Yeah. So you know, I think I think, and, and, and these were on the TV at the time. So I think you know, and, and I always, always kind of like to. Yes, Psycho Three is quite yeah. a, quite a sleazy one, isn't it? It is quite seedy, isn't it? But funnily enough, when I was young, I didn't really pick up on how seedy it was. And then I, I went and bought the Scream Factory edition of Psycho Three um, last year, and I watched it again. And I was like, God, this is this is a lot seedier than I remember it being. I mean, I had <laughs> seen it since, but I hadn't seen it for quite a while. Mm. Um, so I think that really for young people, I suppose it's. It's in a way coming to grips with 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 perhaps mortality in some way, or 
I think it's sort of, you know, curiosity about sex, because there's a lot of sex in these films, but you don't mm. feel dirty for, you know, the, the three seconds of bare breasts that you tend to get in most of them. No. Whereas obviously if you're, you know, eight or nine or ten years old and you're watching kind of pornography, it's different. Because I remember, you know, when I was in primary school, one of my one of my friends was allowed to see, you know, um, softcore porn, and he was telling me about... I, I suppose he was trying to describe a, a, a woman masturbating, but you know, trying to describe it as best he could understand it. And, yeah. and all of us kind of crowded around listening to it. These were the days before the internet, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, you could, you felt dirty even listening to it, I suppose. And I get that a lot of that's cultural and societal. But I suppose in slasher films, you're sort of getting, you know, sex and violence. And if you're a kid, you're just coming out of your, your, your cartoon phase. Mm. And cartoons are really, really violent, let's face it. So, you know, you're sort of coming out of Roadrunner to Friday the 13th, so it sort of makes, I think, sense to have that. Mm. But obviously, with, with the element of body horror, which I suppose you're discovering yourself when you're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, mm. and then obviously as you get to 15, 16, 17, you're, you're going through your sort of sexual revolution where you're finding your your sexual kinks and preferences and everything else. And, mm. and you know, slasher films are a safe way of, of looking at cute girls, and in some ways... I think sort of feeling empowered by women, which I guess is a controversial statement, but I, I always thought these films were really empowering towards women. Um, most of them, I mean, not, maybe not even most of them, but certainly, you know, the, most of my favourite ones I'd say are quite empowering towards women. I really like uh, My Bloody Valentine in the way that, you know, she chooses what man she wants to be with, even, mm. which, which is sort of radical, you know, even for films in 1981, she's sort of putting her foot down and saying, no, I'm with this guy now, you know, you left me. You know, you left town. You don't get me back. Yeah. So I sort, of, I sort of like the character development in these films. I even think something like, and, and you know, as, as grossly misogynistic as some of the deaths are, even something like Friday the 13th Part 4, which I, I watched actually just a few weeks ago, because I often revisit Friday the 13th films because they're my childhood. Mm. Um, and I've, I've watched them way too many times. But, like, I, even Friday the 13th Part 4, I quite like the fact that, like, there's two twins. Mm. And one of the girls sort of sort of gets off with um, Crispin Glover, right? And mm. the other girl's sort of like, can we go home now? And she's like, well, no, I'm having fun with this guy. You know, this is, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying having sex with this guy. You can, you know, you can go home yourself. Yeah. You know, um, I, sort, I, sort, <laughs> so I, I sort of like the, 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 the little elements of, of, you know, girls making decisions for themselves, which if you actually look at a lot of the teen dramas of that era, I mean, again, I'm probably over overreacting by saying a lot, but if you look at some of the teen dramas of that era and even the romantic comedies of that era and stuff, mm. they're they're not actually nearly as empowering, I think. So, you know, that's what I like about slasher films even now. And I'm actually yeah, I actually yeah. just lectured in China this week on Halloween, um, and next week we're going to do um, a Nightmare on Elm Street and Alien. And Alien is basically a slasher film. So I, I sort mm. of I like kind of seeing these films through the eyes of my young Chinese students because China was so shut off for so long. Mm. They don't know Jason and they don't know Michael Myers and they don't know Freddy Krueger and they oh. don't know Norman Bates. You know, these are things that, that haven't you know gone into the public consciousness in China. Yeah. You know, so so they're they're, they're seeing these films as brand new films. Like I I, I actually kind of like seeing these things through my the eyes of my Chinese students, which. You know, you can't really get anywhere else in the world, I suppose, unless you go to North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> I, d I doubt they're interested in um, slasher films, though. <laughs> it's debatable. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you in terms of the, um, the the female empowerment. I mean, certainly some of the female characters in, in slasher films are certainly not portrayed as anything other than uh, cannon fodder, shall we say. But... Um, there are there, there certainly are elements of female empowerment. I mean, the archetype of a final girl is inherently, you know, to 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 a female's advantage because she's clearly the only powerful one who's able to survive the ordeal. Yeah. So I mean, that in itself is kind of the, the archetype. <laughs> it's it's quite powerful. 
But you also get, you know, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you also get sort of Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, who's, you know, just got her head screwed on. She's not thinking about screwing other other men, basically. And so, yeah, yeah. You, ha- you have this focus on women who are more into their studies as she is, rather than just fooling around. And you have all sorts of, li- mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you said, little elements that are here and there. Um, now I know you. I know you did. Um, you did a, a documentary, didn't you? Slice and dice the slasher, uh, slasher film forever. Um, back in 2012. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I actually. I, I have to admit, I haven't actually seen it yet, Callum. I'm. Uh, I have, I'm having fun. I'm having trouble tracking it down. <laughs> you shouldn't be. I mean, it's on. It's on 88 films release of Intruder. So if you get the 88 films release of Intruder, you can see it in HD. Oh, Whereas is the DVD it? release was just best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, because yeah. I. Th- I thought I read somewhere that it was it was on one of the films, but I couldn't track down which one it was. So it, it's on Intruder. Yeah, yeah. I got, uh, we gave it a re-release, so um, <clears throat> I was quite I was quite happy with that actually. So it's it's, it's had a, it's had a, a re-release with uh, with my approval. So you can get it in HD or SD with lots of extra features. So it's on Intruder, and it's also as its own thing. Oh, perfect. All right, then I'll. Well, I, I think I've um, I picked up a Blu-ray copy of um, Intruder for Christmas, cool. but uh, but it is it is packed away. I'm not allowed to I'm not allowed to watch it uh, until Christmas, unfortunately. So as soon as as soon as I get oh, it, okay. though, I'll uh, I'll pick it up. Now, um, oh, we, cool. I hope you like it. We, yeah, we well, I'm I'm sure I will like it just from the advertising. I'm sure I'll like it. <laughs> um, right. So we we got a lot of slasher films that are being covered on um, the the podcast, but. Um, What's actually mm-hmm. what's actually the process to um, obtain the rights to release a film? Because I, I I hear sort of little bits and bobs on on Twitter and various places, but um, is it is it kind of like an auction type process where you put bids in for things? Yeah, I mean, it really. <clears throat> excuse me, it really depends. I mean, <clears throat> a lot of it's got to do with uh, with sort of you know. First of all, you've really got to identify the films that you want to put out. I mean, when when I suggested we do slasher classic. 88 films um, already had graduation day and Mother's Day, so I can't I can't take credit for for these. Mm. Um, and they were just going to release them as kind of like you know normal eight films with the trauma logo. And I said, hey, what about if we we got um, you know a few more films? Did did a slasher a specific slasher line? I said, which I really wanted to do with um, with Arrow. Mm. And and Arrow had said, you know, we, we we don't you know we don't really have any interest in that. So um, we uh, I'm trying to remember what I did. So I I interviewed James Bryan. Mm. Um, who did Don't Go in the Woods? And I basically just emailed him and said, "Hey, uh, we'd like a lease on Don't Go in the Woods for UK. This is what we can pay. Would you be interested?" And he said, "Yeah, okay." Um, so that was really easy. Um, Rick Rosler, who did Slaughterhouse, I had taken that title to Arrow Video, mm. maybe twenty, maybe twenty thirteen, twenty twelve. Yeah. Um, and they, they they simply weren't interested. So I contacted him and I said, "Hey, you know, I want to put in an offer for Slaughterhouse. Okay, cool." Um, now, what other titles were the early ones? What in um, in Arrow? I knew Fred Olin Ray. I Fred Olin Ray because sorry. Uh, no, so, sorry. I mean, in Arrow or eighty-eight, the early ones. Oh, the, the early slash films. So, so like I, I knew Fred Olin Ray from mm. Slice and Dice slash film Forever. So I emailed him and put in an offer for Scalps and Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. And I knew Richard Haynes, who did Splatter University, because he had been in. Um, oh, what had he been in? Forty Second Street Memories. So mm. I just emailed him and said, "Hey, can we get Splatter University?" Um, who else? Now, Nightmares of Damaged Brain was owned by Jim Markovich, who also had Sewage Baby and Flesh Eating Mothers. And I knew oh. him because he was—he'd been filmed. 
he had been filmed for 42nd Street Memories, but he didn't make the final cut. Mm. But I emailed him, and I was I I I was going to do Nightmares for Arrow because um, <clears throat> obviously it was a it was a in demand video nasty. But by that time, you know things things had kind of gone south with Arrow. So I just I just emailed him and just said, hey, I can I can put in an offer for this, mm. and we got that. Uh, just before dawn, I got because Jeff Lieberman um, is a friend of mine, and he pointed me towards the rights owner. Um, and then there's ones that I sort of searched out myself. Like I always wanted to release Nailgun Massacre. Mm. Um, I always liked Bloodsucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh, and I always wanted to do. There's a few others that I just wanted to do. So I chased Driving Massacre, which I think she underrated. And then, <coughs> excuse me, um, I've got a little bit of cold because it's very cold out here in Japan just now. And then um, I try to think of some of the others that we got. Because there's, there's uh, yeah, so Prozzi and Boogeyman, mm. I knew Uli Lamel for many years. So I just I just emailed Uli and just put in an offer. Mm. Um, so a lot of these people I just I just knew. So I was just able. I mean I mean listen the thing is when I was when I was getting some some of the stuff from for Arrow, mm. um, I was able to just email people like like um, pit stop and swing and cheerleaders and stuff. I mean I put mm. them in touch with Jack Hill, Candy uh, not Candy Tangerine Man. What did he do? The witch who came from the sea. I put them in touch with. Matt Simber. Oh, and yeah. Necromantic, I just put them into... Uh, Necromantic, I took to 88 Films, and they didn't know what it was. So I, 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 got, I got Arrow to agree um, to let me work on that, and I mm. got them Necromantic, and then they didn't let me work on it at all. Um, and they didn't even give me the, the, the fucking booklet, which really pissed me off. And um, eventually they, they actually paid me for that as, as, as a sort of, you know, mea culpa apology. But by that yeah. time, I was really, really pissed off, actually, because all, all I wanted to do was... I mean, my agreement was with Arrow was simply, you. If I if I get your film, can I work on it? You know, mm, yeah. I didn't I didn't even ask for 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 you know a finder's fee, which most people do, and they were being really cheeky at that point and saying, oh no, you know, we want we want we want you know somebody else to work on it. And it's like you know, fuck off. You wouldn't have it if it wasn't for me. And I'd totally press Necromantic as well because yeah. for a year they were doddering over it because they thought it wouldn't get through the BBFC, which is stupid. Mm. Um, isn't it so, um, isn't it Hor is it Hog Butgerite or what, what was the chap's name? You yeah, Jorg Butgerite. And then, and then, they got, then of course they got Necromantic Two with them. I don't know why they've not done Shram yet. They'll probably do it when they hear this podcast. They probably don't even know Shram exists. Is that um, but, um, is that Andreas Andreas Schnass? I remember. Is it that one? Shram? No, no, no. Shram's uh, Jorg Butgerite. Oh, is actually, it? Actually, 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 when, when yeah, yeah. And, and the other film that we had was we had Madman. But then, but then Arrow came in. Like, like I, I stupidly posted about it on my Facebook, and next thing I know, like Arrow's offering the world to get Madman, and Madman's like such a piece of shit film, and Arrow's like, you've got to get Madman. And it's just like, <laughs> really? All of a sudden, you got to get like, like you know. And I took, the thing is, I got an email to like Fran at Arrow from 2012 saying, hey, you know, I can get you Madman if you want in HD. Yeah. I was like, yeah, we're not going to do Madman, you know? It's just really funny. Yeah, now we've got to do Madman. So, so, you know, a lot of the films, we, we, I mean, we're in discussion with the Mutilator until Arrow suddenly had to get the Mutilator. Mm. Um, so we sort, of, we sort of had, you know, we've had a lot of, um, we almost had the Hills of Eyes, but Arrow paid silly money for that. Mm. Um, and Driller Killer, but Arrow paid silly money for that to get the worldwide. Mm. We actually matched our offer and Synapse was going to do the American release and we were going to do the UK release. But mm. um, the rights owner just wanted to sell America and the UK as one. Um, so Arrow ended up with Driller Killer, um, which is annoying because so so that's when you get into a bidding situation. Mm. But I mean I, I mean look let's let's face it I mean you know Arrow wouldn't be doing a lot of these films if it wasn't for for ATA. So you know it's just sort of frustrating when you lose a film. Mm. Um, but you know otherwise I think it's a pretty good line. I mean the big problem is that, that you know sales have kind of gone southward recently. So we're sort of wondering whether or not to to 
keep going with the Slasher Classics collection. I suppose when you put this podcast up, it's mm. it's really up to people to respond and and decide if this is actually a line that they still like. Because you know, recently we've 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 had really poor pre-orders for films that really should have done quite well, like mm. House and Sorority Row and um, and Toolbox Murders. So it's sort of a case of well, well, you know, if 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 fans aren't responding to it anymore, maybe it's time to. To knock it in the head, you know. Mm. Um, so oh, that's that's a, that's a discussion that we're yeah, that's a shame. Having. That's a real shame because that, there's lots of films. I, I mean, think I'm, I think it is a shame. I don't I I don't know what's I don't know, I don't really know what's going on. Mm. Um, it seems a bit strange. I mean, these are films that obviously you know you you would think fans would be would be really interested in. Um, so it's, it's sort of depressing, really. I think I, I, the last I heard, we're thinking about taking Slaughterhouse Rock out of the the slasher collection and maybe doing something else with it. Um, mm. I suppose it's up to up to the fans. I mean, you know, 88's not my label. I, I love working with them, and you know, I really respect what it is that they're they're doing. But you know, I suppose it's up to the fans to decide how they, how they, you know, whether or not they they, they still like this line and want to support it. You know, it's. Mm. Um, I think I think I mean I agree with 88 in a lot of ways. I think I think when you get to number 40 or whatever, which we're coming up to, um, and everything's you know numbered, I suppose some fans might sort of check out of it. But, you know, my original idea for the collection was not to number, was only to number the outside spine so you could turn it around and not have a number on the inside spine. Because, mm. I, 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 you know, I kind of thought initially that that might result in people, you know, kind of losing behind on the collection and not wanting stuff on their desk, which goes 1, 10, mm. 14, 21, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, obviously a bit bit too late to, to do that now. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I imagine it's um, it's it's quite tricky getting absolutely everything you want as well. I mean, um, you, you, that you've got Sleepaway Camp two and three on the market, haven't you? But uh, not the not the original one. Was that one a, an issue with obtaining the rights, or was it pricing? <coughs> no, the rights just aren't available um, just now. The rights are still taken by whoever <coughs> leased it for DVD, mm. uh, which I think was 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 Anchor Bay, right? So they still they still actually have the rights. It's, it's nothing more complicated than that. All right. Um, but I imagine you'll see uh, Sleepaway Camp get a UK release. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if, if you know, Arrow have their eye on it as well. So it's just it's just a case of finding out when the lease comes up. I know that um, I'm sure um, Arrow Video will love me for this, but I know that they had their eyes on Halloween, and Halloween's out of print now. Mm. So um, with Halloween being out of print and going for silly money on uh, on Amazon, um, I would I would not be too shocked if uh, you eventually see Halloween coming from Arrow Video next year. Mm. Um, Again, I might be wrong, but I was I was right about Phantasm, and I've heard rumblings that that you know that's what they're looking at. They're looking at Halloween, so there's an exclusive for your podcast. I can't do this in the 88 podcast because <laughs> you know they'll, they'll, they'll tell me not to, not to do that. But yeah, I, th- I think I think they're they're you might you might see Halloween from from Arrow. All um, right, okay. Because I know that. But I know that I know that when I was last speaking to them, they were waiting for the rights to come up for that. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, see for markets here, obviously for it. Certainly, when the 40th anniversary comes up, yeah, um, maybe it will be. All right, okay. Well, some of the ones that we're covering on um, the podcast. Um, well, I mean, we've covered some already. We've, we've covered some of the the, the prototype ones, sort of uh, like um, Black Christmas um, and Savage Weekend. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any of those two? I've not, I've not seen Savage. Oh, hold on, Savage Weekend. Is that the same as Death Weekend? Or am I getting mixed up? Is that the Canadian film? No, yeah, Death Weekend's the one with um, Brenda Vaccaro, isn't it? The the sort of rape and revenge type film. Um, no, Savage Weekend is also called um, the the man behind the mask or the the, the mask murders. Um, 
It's got, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, it's got David Gale in, the one who was in um, Re- Reanimator with Jeffrey Combs. Oh, yeah, Combs. Reanimator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it, I've, never, I've, never seen, I've never seen that one. Um, but I have seen, obviously I've seen Black Christmas. I love Black Christmas. And I got to interview Bob Clark. Um, oh, wow, and really? Olivia Hussey. So, oh, great. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, really, I really do like Black Christmas. Um, mm. It's a favourite of mine. But yeah, never, never seen Savage Weekends, so I can't, I can't comment so much on that one. I mean, there is other um, prototype <coughs> slasher films, obviously. I mean, not not just Detective Chainsaw Massacre, but you've got mm. stuff like Toolbox Murders, which came out before Halloween. So you got, you got a few. Um, well, there's um, I, I find and Driving Massacre. Yeah, there, there, there's um, also one in, stuff. there's also one in 1971, um, uh, Blood and Lace, which is sort of a, a slasher. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's got um, yeah, yeah, no, Gloria that's, Graham in, mm-hmm. isn't it? No, well, no, no. Blood and Blood and Lace, I've uh, I've seen, but I saw a long time ago. There was mm. a really good. The, now, the reason I knew about Blood and Lace is the very first edition of the Aurum horror film uh, encyclopedia. I remember mm. they had this really great still from Blood and Lace, um, and uh, and it sort of made me uh, um, seek it out. But oddly enough, that's also how I came to find Blood and Black Lace because obviously the titles sound so familiar, right? And of course, you've got the Honeymoon Killers. I mean, you've, you've got a variety of movies that come. From from that um, mm. pre-Halloween era. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard. And then Centerfold Girls, Centerfold Girls, which is really really cool actually. I really like Centerfold Girls. Centerfold, which one's that one? Uh, Centerfold Girls is Arthur Marks. I think it was made in 1974. It's got Tiffany Bowling in it, and um, it's it's got this weird Manson family subplot to it. But otherwise, it's basically a slasher film oh, um, right, made okay. before Halloween. Oh, I might have to I might have to seek that one out. I've not heard of that one. There's um there's a re- there's a there's a really old one on my radar as well that, that I haven't quite seen but apparently um when we talk about slasher films and we we say that some of them are kind of embryonic of the slasher film well I've heard mm-hmm. I've heard that this one is pretty much like fertilized egg stage like literally the first kind of instance and it's a 1932 film called 13 Women have you ever heard of that one I've never you've you've got me there no, I, I, I mean I only just recently came across it, but apparently it's a it's a pre-code kind of American film where uh, the plot is the plot is about a group of sorority sisters, funnily enough, who um, they, they they get stalked by an ex-classmate of theirs who's jealous because they spurned her because she's uh, foreign or something like that, and it's it's almost oh, okay. it, yeah, it's almost it's pretty much a, a slasher film structure, but obviously. Back in 1932, the the death scenes were just not as graphic as we're, we're probably used to. But I'm, I'm trying to seek that one out as well. It's very hard to get hold of. Yeah, I mean, it all goes back to Agatha Christie, doesn't it? So I think, I mean, you know, I mean, there, there's so much to, uh, I think, I think to write about when mm. it comes to slash films. So much still to see and to find out. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think it's, I think it's, you know, I, th- I think it's great. Mm. Um, that we're, uh, you know, that we're in an era now where you've got labels um, like 88, like Vinegar Syndrome, mm. um, like Scream Factory, who are digging up a lot. I mean, I, ha- I hadn't actually seen Death Valley mm. until Scream Factory put it out, and it's, it's actually a really cool little movie. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I kind of like discovering, I mean, I really like discovering slasher films I've not seen before, yeah. uh, and I still do. It's, you know, I, I still find myself drawn to slasher films, so... Well, I you know, find the more obscure ones. The I, find, I find that this, um, I find that that kind of period of the the you know late sixties, seventies, eighties, they're just it, it's like a gift mm-hmm. that it's like a gift that keeps on giving. You can always discover some little movie that you've never heard of that's actually you know got some real nice touches to it, and it's it's worth seeking out. It's it's like it's like a treasure hunt that yeah, never absolutely. really ends, really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I I, I love. Um... 
discovering all this stuff and just just you know sort of going through it and finding out what you know forgotten i mean i've still never seen honeymoon horror and i really want to see honeymoon horror and i've got no idea how to get hold of the rights you know oh i know um, it's, it's so obscure pictures. so obscure i mean i don't even I think it's, it's i don't even think it's ever had a dvd release beyond vhs stage is it yeah i mean so that's the thing so i, I still have this this hankering for you know more information on slasher films and stuff so yeah i mean i'm i'm, I'm as addicted as anybody even at you know the age I'm at now. It's, it's sort of like just something that you never you never lose an interest in, I suppose. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I really hope that more and more of these films can can come out. You know, I mean, as 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 frustrating as it is, obviously, you know, it's it's with Arrow. I think it's great that Blood Rage got such a a great release. You know, I mean, obviously, mm. I'll never buy it because I don't ever want to give my money to Arrow. <laughs> I think it's really cool that you know you can get Blood Rage if you've. You know, if you've not had the experience with Arrow that I had, so I think I think it's good that all these labels are putting out such you know such cool films. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, was it in, in a couple of weeks? We've got um, an episode covering uh, school-based slashers, but they, we're covering the Spanish one pieces, and also um, oh, I love pieces, yeah. Yeah, and also Slaughter High, the um, the British slasher. With Carolyn Monroe. Yeah, I worked. I, I, I worked on both of these films. I did pieces for Bob Murawski for Grindhouse in the US, mm. um, and I did an audio commentary for it with Jack Taylor, who's a really cool guy. He's a friend of mine. And uh, with um, Slaughter High, I did the old Arrow Video DVD edition, which I think they're putting out on Blu-ray now. But obviously, they won't be doing it with um, our extra features. So, mm. well, I've, I've, um, I've got the original. Be... I've got the original. So I remember your. I remember your um, extra features. <laughs> um, yeah, funnily enough, I, I actually bumped into um, Carolyn Monroe in uh, Liverpool just a couple of months ago. Um, she was at a, a horror. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she was at a horror convention, and um, I got chatting with her just about like the films that she was in that kind of caught attention around that era. And she was really, really interested to know about Slaughter High that people were still kind of uh, watching it and enjoying it. She said, out of all of them, she was very surprised that Slaughter High um, sort of has, has got a modern release here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is, it is kind of interesting. Um, I think I need to go though. Uh, just give me two seconds, okay? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm really sorry. I think I need to wrap this up, mate. That's me being uh, called back for more student stuff. So, um, all right, okay. I need to, I need to wrap up. Uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's been good speaking to you. Yeah, yeah, really um, good. And, and yeah, please, please put this podcast out and and get us some feedback on the Slasher Classics collection. If we can get some some good feedback over at ATA, it would be much appreciated. Callum unfortunately had to cut the conversation a little short, as he was called away, but you heard him right here, folks.
So keep on buying those slasher films and certainly delve into some of the latest ones. There's the Video Nasty Toolbox Murders, that's just come out. And there's also The House on Sorority Row, which has just got a new Blu-ray release. They've also got some new ones coming out in the future, such as the horror film Dogs. They've got Slaughterhouse Rock, Sweet 16, and I'm sure a whole bunch of other sanguine delights that haven't even been announced yet. So that's the end of this brief sojourn, I'm afraid, but tune in real shortly for some more bonus episodes. Toodle peep! <laughs> <laughs> 